TED Audio Collective. A cold January day of 2005, I took one of my most important drives of my life. That's Hamdi Yulukaya talking about the moment that would start his journey to create Chobani, now the most popular Greek yogurt brand in America. I was on this road in upstate New York trying to find this old factory. And day before, I received a flyer in the mail and said, fully equipped yogurt plant for sale. I throw it in the garbage can. And 20 minutes later, I picked it up and called the number. Plant was 85 years old, and it was closing. So I decided to go see it. Within five years, that plant became a company with over a billion dollars in revenue. It's been on Fortune's Change the World list. Hamdi has been named by Time magazine as one of the 100 most influential people in the world and by Inc. magazine as one of the most important entrepreneurs of the past decade. How did all of this happen? Hamdi credits a philosophy that prioritizes connection, employees connecting to each other, the company connecting to the community, and Hamdi doing all that he can to make sure the duties of CEO don't leave him disconnected and out of touch with the needs of those around him. I'm Madhupa Akinola. This is TED Business. And after a quick break, we'll get back to Hamdi and his yogurt plant. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on trends in technology. Well, now you can invest in what's trending in artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas you believe in. Schwab's research process uncovers emerging trends. Then their technology curates relevant stocks into themes. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy all the stocks in a theme as is or customize to better fit your investing goals. All in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Hey, TED Business listeners, we're supported by our friends at Working Smarter, a new podcast from Dropbox exploring the exciting potential of AI in the workplace. Working Smarter talks with founders, researchers, and engineers about the things they're building and the problems they're solving with the help of the latest AI tools. Tools that can save them time, improve collaboration, and create more space for the work that matters most. On Working Smarter, hear practical discussions about what AI can do so that you can work smarter too. Listen to Working Smarter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit workingsmarter.ai. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. At this time, I wasn't sure where this road or my life is going. I own a small cheese shop, but really hated business. But the hills and the roads and the smells is all familiar. I grew up in Turkey, a similar environment, near the Kurdish mountains. My family made cheese and yogurt. I grew up listening to shepherd stories. We didn't have much, but we had the moon and the stars, simple food, each other. Eventually, I came to America. I didn't even know New York had farms. I made it to upstate, and I never left. Now I'm lost. I passed the road sign, said, dead end. And then soon after, there it was, the factory. The smell hit me first. It was like a milk container left out in the sun. The walls were so thick. Paints were peeling. There were cracks everywhere. The factory was so old, the owners thought it was worthless. I thought they left a zero off. I couldn't believe the price. As I entered in, I stopped noticing things. All I could see were the people. There were 55 of them. It was quiet. Their only job was to break the plant apart and close it forever. I was met with a guy named Rich, production manager. He offered to take me around, show me around. He didn't say much, but around every corner, he would point out some stories. His father made yogurt before him. and his grandfather made cream cheese before that. You could tell that Rich felt guilty, that this factory was closing on his watch. What hit me the hardest at that time, that this wasn't just an old factory. This was a time machine. This is where people built lives. They left for wars. They brag about home runs and record cards. But now it was closing. And the company wasn't just giving up on yogurt, it was giving up on them, as if they were not good enough. And I was shocked how these people were behaving. There was no anger, there was no tears, just silence. With grace, they were closing this factory. I was so angry that the CEO, far away, in a tower or somewhere, looking at the spreadsheets and closing the factory. Spreadsheets are lazy. They don't tell you about people, they don't tell you about communities. But unfortunately, this is how too many business decisions are made today. 
I was never the same person after what I saw. On my way back home, I called Mario, my lawyer. I called Mario. I said, "Mario, I want to buy this place." Mario said, "Hamdi, one of the largest food company in the world is closing this place, and they're getting out of yogurt business. Who the hell are you to make it work?" I said, "You're right." But the next day, I called him again, and I said, "Mario, really, I really want to buy this place." He said, "Hamdi, you have no money. <laughs> you haven't even paid me in six months." <laughs> Which was true, <laughs> but I got a loan, another loan. By August 2005, I had the keys for this factory. The first thing I did was to hire four of the original 55 people. I had Maria, office manager. I had Frank, the wastewater guy. I had Mike, the maintenance guy, and Rich, who showed me the plant production guy. And we had our first board meeting. Mike says, "Hamdi, what are we going to do now?" So they look at me as if I have the magic answer. So I said, "Mike, we're going to go to Ace Hardware Store, and we're going to get some paints, and we're going to paint the walls outside." Mike wasn't impressed. He looked at me. He said, "Hamdi, that's fine. We'll do that, but tell me you have more ideas than that." <laughs> I said, "I do." We'll paint the walls white. <laughs> Honest to God, that was the only ideas I had. <laughs> But we painted those walls that summer. I sometimes wonder what they would have said to me if I told them, "See these walls we're painting? In two years, we're going to launch a yogurt here that Americans never seen and never tasted before." It will be delicious. It will be natural, and we're going to call it Chobani. It means shepherd in Turkish. And if I said we were going to hire all of the 55 employees back, or most of them back, and then hundred more after, and then hundred more after, and then thousand more after that, but if I told them, you see that town over there, every person we hire, ten more local jobs will be created. The town will come back to life. The trucks will be all over the roads. And the first one we make, we're going to build one of the best little league baseball field for our children. And five years after that, we're going to be the number one Greek yogurt brand in the country. Would they have believed me? Of course not. But that's exactly what happened. In painting those walls. We got to know each other. We believed in each other, and we figured it out together. Five years, me and all my colleagues—we never left the factory. We worked day and night through the holidays to fix that plant. The best part of Chobani for me is this: the same exact people who were giving up on. We're the ones build it back 100 times better than before, and they all have a financial stake in the company today. And all these times, I kept wondering. See, I'm not a businessman. I, I don't come from that tradition. I just kept wondering what 
is this all about? The corporate America says it's about profits. Mainstream business says it's about money. The CEO playbook says it's about shareholders. And there's so much is sacrificed for it. It's factories, communities, jobs. But not by CEOs. CEOs have their employees suffer for them. But yet the CEO's pay up goes up and up and up, and so many people are left behind. I'm here to tell you, no more. It's not right. It's never been right. It's time to admit that the playbook that guided businesses and CEOs for the last 40 years is broken. It tells you everything about business except how to be a noble leader. We need a new playbook. We need a new playbook that sees people again, that sees above and beyond profits. In the movies, they have a name for people who take a different path to do things right. They call them anti-heroes. I think we need the same idea in business. We need anti-CEOs and we need anti-CEO playbook. So let me tell you about what this anti-CEO playbook is all about. Anti-CEO playbook is about gratitude. Today's business book says business exists to maximize profit for the shareholders. I think that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> in reality. Business should take care of their employees first. You know, a few years ago, when we announced that we are going, we're giving shares to all our 2,000 employees, some people said it's you know PR. Some said it's a gift. I said it's not a gift. I watched it. I've been part of it. They earned it with their talent and with their hard work, and I don't see any other way. The new way of business—it's your employees you take care of first, not the profits. The new anti-CEO playbook is about community. Today, the businesses that have it all ask for communities. What kind of tax breaks and incentives you can give me? The reality is, businesses should go to the struggling communities and ask, "How can I help you?" You know, when we wanted to build our second yogurt plant, Idaho was in nobody's radar screen. It was too rural, too far away, didn't have much incentives. So I went there. I met with the local people. I met with the farmers. We shook hands. We broke bread. I said, "I want to build it right here. I don't need to see financial studies." And the result. Community is thriving. There's new schools that are opening every year, and they told me you're not going to find any trained workers here. I said it's okay. We'll teach them. We partnered with the local community college, and while we were building the plant, we trained hundreds of hundreds of people for advanced manufacturing. And today, our factory is one of the largest yogurt plant in the world. <laughs> the new way of business. Communities, go search for communities that you can be part of. Ask for permission, and be with them. Open the walls, and succeed together.
The anti-CEO playbook is about responsibility. Today's playbook says the businesses should stay out of politics. The reality is, businesses, as citizens, must take a side. When we were growing in New York and looking for more people to hire, I remembered in Utica, an hour away, there were refugees from Southeast Asia and Africa who were looking for a place to work. They don't speak English, someone told me. I said, I don't really either. Let's get translators. <laughs> They don't have transportations. I said, let's get buses. It's not a rocket science. Today, one of the America's rural areas, 30% of Chobani workforce are immigrants and refugees. <laughs> and lastly, anti-CEO playbook is about accountability. Today's playbook says the CEO reports to the boards, corporate boards. In my opinion, CEO reports to consumer. In the first few years of Chobani, the 1-800 number was in the cup, was my personal number. <laughs> When somebody called and wrote, I responded personally. Sometimes I made the changes based on what I heard. Because consumer is in power. That's the reason the business exists. It's you. Every single one of you is in the power to make changes today. If you don't like the brand and the companies, what they are doing with their business, you can throw them into the garbage can. And if you see the ones that are doing it right, you can reward them. In the end, this is all in our responsibility. The new way of business, it's consumer we report to, not to the corporate boards. You see, if you are right with your people, if you're right with your community, If you're right with your product, you will be more profitable, you will be more innovative, you will have more passionate people working for you and the community that supports you. And that's what the anti-CEO playbook is all about. The treasure that I found in that factory, dignity of work, strike of character, human spirit, And this is the difference between return on investment and return on kindness. This is the difference between profit and true wealth. And if it can happen in a small town upstate New York and Idaho, it can happen in every city and town and village across the world. This is not the time to build walls This is a time to start painting the walls. I leave the colors all up to you. Thank you so much. Support for TED Business comes from Odoo. To put it simply, Odoo is built to save. Odoo saves time, Odoo saves money, but most importantly, Odoo saves businesses. That's right. Odoo's superhero software rescues companies from the perils of disconnected platforms. And Odoo's utility belt of user-friendly applications puts the power of total business management in the palm of your hand. Learn more at odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedbusiness. Odoo, saving the world one business at a time. 
Support for the show comes from Brooks Running. I'm so excited because I have been a runner, gosh, my entire adult life. And for as long as I can remember, I have run with Brooks Running Shoes. Now I'm running with a pair of Ghost 16s from Brooks. Incredibly lightweight shoes that have really soft cushioning. It feels just right when I'm hitting my running trail that's just out behind my house. You now can take your daily run in the better than ever Go 16. You can visit brooksrunning.com to learn more. So I love this talk for lots of reasons, but mostly for this. I think I see leadership in a similar way as Hamdi does. Fundamentally, leadership is about building relationships. And look, I don't think any CEO starts the role thinking, I want to be disconnected from my employees. But the realities of the job means this happens often. So much of what you do as a CEO is externally facing. You have board meetings, investor calls, you name it. Things that draw your attention away from the organization, even though you are talking about the organization. So as a leader, what steps can you take to make sure you're building connections internally as well as externally? And I'm not talking about one-offs like community service days once a year, but how can you integrate building connections into your weekly schedule? Here's one strategy. A CEO I work with has coffee with coordinators, munches with managers, and has drinks with directors every other week. What's meaningful about this is that it also helps you understand what your employees need. You might learn that your employees are stressed out about how far childcare is from the office, interrupting their workflow. Heck, who knows? You might end up offering on site childcare like Patagonia, thanks to spending more time with your employees. You might even learn that the wage you're offering isn't a living wage and keeps your employees from focusing on their work. PayPal learned this and later increased wages. But building connection isn't just about how you interact with people. It can also be built into the structure of your organization. Like Chobani, making employees shareholders connected employees financially, meaning everyone was working on each other's behalf. So I know Hamdi describes those who take a different path as anti-CEOs. But I also like to see them as more tactile, more present, and more connected CEOs. Thanks so much for listening. Kim Naderfane Peterza is our producer. Sam Baer is our mixer. Fact check for this episode was done by Eliza Solomon. And special thanks to Anna Phelan, Michelle Quint, Corey Hagem, and Colin Helms. I'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>